Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. I hope everyone was safe over the uh, snow and ice and things like that. Uh, but it's uh, still out there, so you need to be careful uh, walking on sidewalks and things like that if you see ice and things like driveways. Uh, because even though we have God looking out for us, we still want to be wise. So this morning we're teaching our last um, message on this is what God is is uh, saying to us in 2022, and I hope you got a chance to listen to the uh, YouTube message that uh, we did. Uh, because it was uh, really uh, leading up to this one. But the thing is that uh, what we're going to do is is uh, go into the greater detail on some of these uh, in, the, in, the, in the new year next month, really. So I'm so glad. I was listening to the, the song. And the songs that we had were, of course, songs that uh, they'd already practiced for last Sunday that they didn't, didn't get a chance to sing. And I said, well, praise God. Because really, uh, the, the songs that you were singing, uh, they, they, were, they have all to do with the message. And I said, wow, this is really cool, you know. It's really cool. Uh, God really knows how to, uh, of course he does. He knows how to really bring things together and teach through all different situations, teach to all people. And it's so good like that, so good. Uh, so uh, it's, it's glad to, I'm, I'm so good to see and glad to see some of you that I haven't seen in, in a while because you've been out. Uh, and that's, so welcome, welcome back uh, to uh, David, you and Shishan, uh, because you all have been out for a while. So uh, welcome back to you and, of course, to uh, my main announcer oh, and his family. So welcome back to you, too. And that's, that's really good. This is what God is saying to us in 2022. Uh, just to review uh, the, the two things I've already gone over, the two messages, uh, the first thing I said he was saying was that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creature. And we explained all what we meant by that, and we'll go into de- greater detail because uh, God, uh, he has something there that I, I tell you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really help us in the, in the new year, help many people that's uh, listening on YouTube and Facebook and things like that. It's going to help them also. I wish somebody would have given me uh, that message uh, when I first came to Cornerstone. Uh, but, of course, uh, God did his thing, and I'm so good, so glad and, uh, that he changed my life. Because when I came, I was not saved. So I'm thankful that I'm a new creature now. Uh, number two, 
in view of, of God's mercy that he's had on us and has on us now, continue in these four things. I gave you four things and they were from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Uh, we need to be a living sacrifice. We need to be, number two, a holy sacrifice. We need to be uh, not conformed. Don't let the world, world conform us to, into its mold uh, and to be transformed. Those are the things that went over in the first message. The second message, which, which uh, we were not here last Sunday, but it was on YouTube, is that um, God is the one that causes all things to work together for good. And we, that, that was so good to me because it reminds me and keeps me focused on that even though things happen in my life, he's at work and he's going <coughs> to make them turn out for my good. And that's so good to know. And he's, he's very capable. And we said also that... Um, we are overwhelmingly conquerors through him who loves us and who loves us and will love us to the end. Today, I want to uh, just finish up the series of what God is saying um, to us, giving you that information so we can go into the greater detail. We must learn, this is what God is telling us, we must learn to spiritually fight, spiritually fight for what is ours until we win, until we win. The game is not over until the final horn, before the final whistleblow to, to, to his old will, and the only one who says it's over is God. So we're going to fight, and we're going to fight, and we're going to fight until we win. Because God's already won. He's already won. Already won. And you remember one of the things we gave is that we, uh, the number fourth one from last week, was that we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loves us enough to die for us. So if, if we are more than conquerors, that means that we're going to win. We already read We already read it. We haven't lived it out yet, but we already read it. What the ending is. And I'm so glad that we can we can kind of visualize those things because a lot of you probably have seen uh, a, a lot of movies, uh, uh, good movies and things like that. A lot of you have seen movies and um, you look at them again. And um, I was looking at one uh, this Christmas. I think it's called It's a Wonderful Life or something like that. Um, and um, I you know what the end is. So you, you, you know, you're not in suspense like you were in uh, once before. Or you, uh, you watch the one uh, Screws. There are many kind of versions of it, but you uh, watch Screws there. Uh, and you say, man, you know, somebody ought to, ought to 
ought to kick him right on out of the place, you know. Uh, but we know the ending of the thing. We know the ending of it. Well, see, we know the ending of our life. This whole thing, this whole thing, heaven and earth is going to pass away. We're going to get a new heaven. We're going to get a new earth. We, we, if we're going to have a new earth coming down. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. We already have read about it. We already know what the ending is of Satan. Even though he's raised his, his ugly head, we know the demons. We know what the ending is because God has already told us what the ending is. He already told us. So, therefore, we win. We win. And so, so when, when um, he said, I want you to remind the people of this because um, no one knows the time that Jesus is coming back. Jesus doesn't know the time he's coming back. The Father does. The Father knows. And when he, when, when he says it's time, there's no need to be like the um, five of the ten virgins. No need to be like, five. oh, my goodness, hold, 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 hold. Let me go get Mr. Moore. Let me go prepare. Let me go. It's too late. Too late. We need to be prepared. That when he comes, we're ready. We're ready. And we need to be saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. And I know some of you might be like I am. So wait a minute. Oh, you know, I want you to come, but let me get get this right right here, right here. Let me get this right. We need to be getting right every single day. Remember I told you that. We need to be getting right every single day. We don't need for a new year to come in to start New Year's resolutions. We need to start a New Year's resolution, a new day resolution, a new month resolution, a new week resolution. We need to have a new minute resolution. If we mess up this minute, then say, hey, forgive me for what I said. Forgive me for what I did. Hey, look, what I want you to do is, 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 is uh, just put that behind you because I'm going to change by the grace of God. And we go before God and ask God to forgive us and ask him to change us. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He conforms us to the image of Jesus Christ. So we're we're overwhelmingly conquerors. And I said, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. He said, learn to fight then. Learn to fight for what I've given you. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Let's go there. Let's start there. I really want 17, but we're going to go to that one first. Um. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. It says in verse 17, And if children, heirs also. Heirs. We inherit. Heirs of God. Woo! Now, heirs of God. I know that, that if you uh, could have anything that you want, uh, you say, well, give me uh, $100 trillion, and then I'll be set. 
you know. Well, will we really? Would we? Because uh, God can fix it so no currency matters. Can he? And all the trillions that we would have wouldn't mean anything if it won't buy anything. Okay. So, what is God? Everything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Right? All the silver. All the gold. Everything. Everybody belongs to God. And we are heirs. Now, I don't know how it is in your family, but if you have children, who's going to inherit the things that you have? Sam and the mailman? Huh? Or with your children? Your children. Your children. Well, if children, he says, we are heirs of God. That's what he said. We are heirs of God. Now, that, that should excite us so much that it caused us to just want to just praise and just worship and just anything, God. What I want to let you know how appreciative I am because I was a wretch. I was a sinner. And I was doomed for fire and brimstone and with, 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 the, with the devil and, and all his uh, demonic uh, helpers. But you saved me by your grace. You saved me. Thank God for your mercy. And we should come and sing, shout. Raise our hands. Whatever. Whatever the Spirit leads you to do. Because after all, Jesus is the one supposed to be praising God in our midst. That's what he's supposed to be doing. Because that's what the Scripture says. So if he's praising God, can, can God praise? Can, 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 can Jesus praise his Father through us? Or, or can, are we going to say, hey, look. Leave me alone. I, I, I almost slipped on the ice getting here. And now you're going to want me to praise? You know? Yeah. I want you to praise. You're about to be thanking God that you didn't fall. You know? And break your neck. So, um, it has happened to people. It has happened. People have fallen and, and hurt themselves seriously. So, we should be willing to praise God any time. So he said, I want you to fight for what's yours. I said, okay, God, uh, remind me of some of the things that's, that's really mine. Now, I, I don't want to be claiming something that's not mine. I want to know what is mine. What is mine? Well, in here, he has given us so many precious promises so that it says that that we may be partakers of his divine nature. That's what it says. So 
I want to know, are, are we willing, and God wants to know, are we willing to fight for the promises that he's left with us, for us, here on this earth, in Lynchburg, Virginia, if you are here now, and wherever you may go to, travel to, are you going to fight for what I've left you? And there are some things you're going to get uh, that uh, you're going to get when you get with me. But there are some, many, many, many promises I've given you now. Are you going to fight for them? Are you going to allow Satan to take them from you? Are you going to allow people to take them from you? Are you going to allow your parents to take them from you? Are you going to allow your children to take them from you? Are you going to allow your husband, your wife, your cousin, your aunt, your uncles, are you going to allow your church, anybody to take it from you? Or are you going to fight for what I've given you? Okay, let's look at Galatians chapter 3. Let's look there. We're going to go to verse 26. We're going to start there. It says, Galatians 3, verse 26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Neither there is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendant heirs according to the promise. And I said, okay, because we think a lot of times we said that was for Abraham's seed. That was for the Jews. And so I, 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 I'd rather be a Jew, so let's try to be Jews. No, God says that if we, if we are Christ's, we're Abraham's seed, heirs to the promise. And another scripture tells us that no one, no one is going to come to the Father except through Jesus. And that, it doesn't matter whether you're Jew, Gentile. It really doesn't matter. Everybody's going to have to come through Jesus Christ. And so every promise that's in here is a promise for the church and for the, uh, it doesn't matter whether you the uh, Messianic Jew or whether you are a Christian. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're a black Jew, white Jew, uh, Jew Jew. It doesn't matter what you are, because I found there were black Jews also. Uh, but anyway, uh, I said that, uh, God said, you know, I want you to really understand, understand that because there are people who are trying to be follow 
part of the law, whether it be through their eating habits, whether it be through days, whether it be through all these type of things. And I want people to realize that I'm interested in people who are going to do what my word says. That's what I'm interested in. And that's what I want them interested in. And I want them fighting for what I've given them and not trying to um, be somebody else that they are not and also not trying to allow somebody to take what's theirs because they don't even know what's theirs. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28. Let's uh, go there. This is a one of my favorite scriptures uh, because it is a New Testament scripture that confirms the Old Testament scripture and Jesus is the one who did it and so it's written for us and it gives me so much comfort because I visit a lot of times I see a lot of things and I say, well, my goodness, I wonder do they know what God has said. Well, this is what it says in, in Matthew uh, chapter 8, verse 14. We're going to start there and go through 17. It says, now, now this, is, this, is, this is an account of something Jesus was doing and all this type of thing. It says, when Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. Now, you know, if you're fever, you got a fever, it's, you, you, you're not a happy camper. And if your fever gets too high, uh, it's going to cause serious problems and even, even death. This says here, he touched her hand. It didn't say he touched her head. Fever usually bothers you in the head. It might bother your whole body, but you, 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 your fever, you know, they check your fever usually by, by your mouth and, and sometimes, you know, your forehead and things like that. But it says that he touched her hand. And the fever left her. And she got up and waited on him. Now, now this is what no, no uh, naming and claiming. You understand? This is a healing has taken place. Something caused this fever because, see, a fever is not the cause. It's, you know, it's not some disease called a fever. It's usually you have a disease and you get a fever. And it says here, that when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. Now, there are people in the church of the living God who doesn't, who they, there's people who don't even believe in demons. They don't even believe that Satan exists. They don't even believe that there is such thing as, as, as casting out demons and stuff like that. If, if, if you start talking about uh, you put a sign out and say, well, casting out demon fellowship. You might not have about three people 
Why not? Because people say, oh, my goodness gracious. What in the world? Anybody going up in there, man, you know, they probably going to try to cast something out that's not in you. They might try to cast the Holy Spirit out. I'm not going up in there. But see, people don't believe in things. There are people don't believe in a lot of things because if, if, if you were in a church like I was in with my mother, and I didn't listen to a lot of things, but, but, but the thing is that because I was little, uh, I could hear, but I didn't understand anything. But if they were to start talking about demons, then I wouldn't want to go because I didn't know anything about demons. I didn't know they existed until I got in a church that says, hey, read your Bible. And I started reading the Bible. I said, hey, they brought him people who were demon-possessed. I wonder does that exist today. I wonder is anybody, are there any demons in this city called Lynchburg? I wonder. Are all the demons probably in New York or somewhere, you know? You know, you, you kind of wonder these things because if people don't teach you something, you know, you don't know anything, so you wonder, you know. And he cast out the spirits. So demons are spirits. He cast out the spirits with a word, with a word, and heal all, all who were ill. All. How many does that leave that? We're not healed. None. Healed all of them. He cast out the demons. He healed them all. And I said, whoa, that, that, that's pretty cool. Um, if I were in the Old Testament, you'd say, oh, that was, for that. that was for the Old Testament. Hey, that was for the Old Testament. You don't have to worry about that. We're in the New Testament, brother. We're in the New Testament. And we are in the New Testament. It says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah. Now we're talking about the Old Testament. He's a prophet. The prophet. And what did he say? He himself took our infirmities. What are the infirmities? Infirmities are weaknesses that are caused by diseases. It's, it's what, it was what uh, Peter's mother-in-law had. She had a infirmity. She had a what? Fever. See that that's that's a that's a infirmity. It is something that's caused by a disease. So he said he took our infirmities. He took them. What infirmity do you have? Do you have an infirmity? You know? Some people might say, well, you know, my, my knee, ooh, my knee, my, if I do, my knee, my, it might be my shoulder, it might be whatever. But it says, he took them. That's what it says. He himself took our infirmities and carried away, carried away our diseases. What are diseases? That that causes Infirmities. You get a disease, and a lot of times you know you have a disease because you start having symptoms. 
symptoms, right? Symptoms. And see, I didn't know, and I could use you as an example, because I know some of you, your testimony. See, but I didn't know that I had um, stuff going on in my brain for a while, and they call them abscesses. Usually you have an abscess, and you, or a tooth or something, if you something wrong with your tooth, you have an abscess, stuff like that. But I had two abscesses in my brain, had no, it didn't just pop up there one second. And then I found out about, I didn't know I had them until I was getting ready to come to church, what I usually do on Sundays, and I go over my message. This particular Sunday, I couldn't remember what the message was. Even though I studied it, even though I had it written down, even though everything I had it, but that Sunday morning, I could not remember what I was supposed to teach. Had no clue. And I told whenever my wife, I told her, and she, she, she called, you know, the girls and, and Cam and said, take him to the emergency room. Get him to the emergency room. And I said, I got a message to do. Well, you don't know what the message is. I said, okay, okay. Uh, so I called Sam and I said, I said, Sam, uh, and for those of you who don't know, Sam was one of the uh, was one of the elders. He was tired from the eldership now, uh, but um, he's still in church. But anyway, I called him. Say, hey, Sam, you got to take the message because uh, he said, more messages. Don't you have a message? I said, well, be instant, in season, out of season, brother. That's what the scripture says. That's what the scripture says. You know, he said, okay. I said, man, I don't remember what I was supposed to teach. I can't, I can't tell you what it was going to be on. I don't know. I said, I don't remember. I'll see. Now, you know that something serious had to be wrong with me, but not too serious that I didn't know to call Sam. I didn't know that my, I had a wife. See, see, I wasn't, you know, gone, you know, but, I, but, but something was wrong. And so what was wrong was a symptom showed up. A symptom showed up. That meant that, oh, that's an infirmity. That's a symptom. What's behind it? I don't know. They took me to the mercy room. And that's when I found out after all the tests they did. Uh, they said, okay, uh, we're going to do brain surgery on you. Uh, so uh, they did. Uh, that that, that uh, I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday, or something like that, they, they did surgery. Uh, but, but the thing is that uh, we don't know these things until a symptom sometimes shows up. And are y'all with me now? And I know a lot of you the same, same way. You know? And so it says here that Jesus took our infirmities. So that, that, that fever or something, or that uh, it says sometimes when you get um, COVID-19, it says, it says what happens sometimes, or a variant of it, sometimes you, you have symptoms. They ask me that every time I go to the hospital for my monthly checkup. They'll say, hey, oh, have, you, have you been coughing? You know, have you had a fever? Have you been around somebody? With, they ask me all these questions. Uh, because they want to know, if, if you got some symptoms, brother, then don't even come in here. Because we don't want it. Because uh, you got something going on in there that the symptoms is telling us, and those are some of the symptoms. 
Well, it says that he took out symptoms. It says he carried our disease. He carried COVID. He carried uh, brain damage. He, he carried uh, cancer. He carried uh, allergies. He carried, and na- name it. Come on, name something. You know, he carried all these things. All these things. It says he, 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 he took out from and he carried our diseases away. That's what he said. Now, if you go back to the Old Testament, it'll tell you the same thing using different uh, words because of the uh, they, they use different words sometimes in the Old Testament, uh, but it's still the same thing. And so he says that, are you going to fight for that? Uh, I want the congregation fighting for what I have given them. That's what it said. Now, has he given it to us? It says here that he cast out the demons, he Heal everybody who was sick, all who was sick, all who were ill. It says, this was to fulfill. What does it mean by fulfill? Huh? It's done, right? It's done. So if it's done, that means that it's done. It's done. It's done. And so that means that we should not allow the enemy to put sickness on us. And it stays on us. Do you hear what I'm saying? We should, we should not do that. Because he's saying, I want you to fight for what is yours. And this is yours because Jesus took it. What else did he die for? Uh, how, about, how about the salvation of our loved ones? Did he die for? Do we have to then accept that, hey, you can just forget it. Your, you know, your children, they're not going to be saved. They're not going to be saved. You see, that they don't listen to you now. They're not going to be saved. They, they, they don't want nothing to do with you and your, your God. Your, your parents are not going to be saved. You know, you They'll tell you all this sort of stuff. In your mind, the enemy will tell you that. But if Jesus has died for our sins, it says, for God so loved the world. It didn't say he just so loved those who would give their lives to Jesus Christ. Because after all, he knows everything, so therefore... He looked in the, in the future and saw that, oh, I see, I see, Laura is going to get saved. So I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll, then, I'll then say, Laura is mine, and so now I'll, I'll work with her. But now this other one person is not saved? No, I'm not going to work with them. I'm not dying for I'm going to die only for Laura, you know, only for Laura. And those like her. The scripture doesn't say that. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him not perish but have everlasting life. So that means I can fight for my loved ones. I can fight for them. I don't have to sit there and let, let, let them die and, 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 and be in fire and brimstone with the enemy. I don't have to do that. I can fight. 
and, and God told me that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. That's what he told me. So that means that if I fight, that means that I win because he's already died for it. Do we understand now what we're talking about? He says, are we going to fight for what's ours? He says, that's what I want you to tell the congregation. I want them this year, start fighting, start fighting, start fighting. Don't accept allergies. Don't accept this right here. Don't accept that right there. Don't accept this over here. All these symptoms. I don't want you accepting anything that I've already died for. I already have, 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 have sent my son to pay the price for and you going to then accept it? Don't you accept it? Don't you accept it? You say, well, what am I going to do about it? You know, the doctor said that, you know, I'm going to be on these pills forever. The rest of my life. When did the doctor die for you? You know, yeah, the doctor didn't die for me. Okay. So, and, and, and I, I mean, it, it goes on and on. Because, see, there are people who want to get married in every congregation in Lynchburg and all over the world. That's not married yet. Or have been married, and now they're not married, but they want to get married. And Satan tells them, you're not getting married. Don't nobody want you. You know, you're not going to get married. And then he'll tell you, anyway, you don't need to get married. Paul wasn't married. You don't need to be married. Well, the scripture says also uh, that if that gives one out yours, then you don't have to accept that. You know? So we have to, if, if a mate, if God has said that he forgives you, I don't care what you did. I don't care if, if you divorced somebody and you weren't supposed to divorce them. You just did it because you were uh, just not wise and whatnot. Uh, you can ask for forgiveness. Do you think God will forgive you if you ask him to forgive you? Yes, he will forgive you. Well, then, uh, if you repent, and repent is not doing the same thing, just asking, asking for, uh, did you, I'm sorry, forgiveness. It's repenting. Repenting. It's changing. 180 degrees. It's changing your mindset. So fight for what's yours. Don't let somebody tell you that, hey, you don't, you don't, you know, why don't you be happy to be single? You can get more done. You don't have to worry about somebody waking up telling you to fix you breakfast and all this kind of crazy stuff. You know, you, you know if you don't want breakfast, you don't have to have breakfast, you know. You don't need about no, no man telling you what to do, you know. Or, you know, uh, if you, and you don't need no woman telling you what to do because they're going to nag you and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know the scripture says it's better to be in a corner of a roof than to be with a, with a nagging woman, you know. So you don't need to get married. Scripture, scripture tells you some things, but it got to be in the right context. You see what I'm saying? Got to be in the right context. Got to be in the right context. And, and people take it out of context. A lot of times like that. Let's look at Proverbs 24.10. Proverbs 24.10. I'm I'm just going to tell you, I'm just breezing through a few things that the main thing now 
you know, tapped on to the first message, second message, that this message right here is ending up what he's told us to do, and he says, make sure they understand, fight for what's theirs. I want, I want, I want to fight in church. That's what it says. If you are slack in a day of distress, your strength is limited. It's limited. And I said, well, what does that have to do with fight for what's yours? Because whenever you start fighting, it takes strength in the natural and in the spirit realm because you have an enemy. And if, if you start giving up when things, things really don't look right, things don't sound right, things don't feel right, you start giving up, he says, how, how limited is your strength? Your strength is limited. You don't have much strength. If every time distress comes, every time problems come, every time something hard comes, you start folding up your tent, start packing up your bags, you don't, you know, you start giving up, and then you get in church and sing that song about, you know, uh, even if I don't see it, God is working, even if I don't feel it, God is working, and you know you don't believe it, but you sing it. You say, I believe it. Well, won't you do something about it then? Won't you do something about it? And see, that, that's, that's a, uh, another thing he told me for 2022 is that I want the people to be doers of my word, not hearers only. I want my people to be doers of my word and not hearers only. Because the church of the living God, they hear a lot of word all the time. I mean, they they hear it on Sunday. They can get it Sunday evening. They can get it Sunday night. They can get it Monday. They can get it Tuesday. All you have to do is turn on the internet. All you have to do is Google this person out here, and you can hear a message every day, every day, from your favorite teachers and preachers. But he says that there are a lot of unsaved people, not yet saved people, and unchurched people, and there are Christians who are unchurched that really don't believe what the word says because they don't see people walking it out. They hear a lot, but they leave that couch or from listening on TV or whatever you do or on the Internet or iPods or whatever you you do because people do podcasts and all those types of things. You hear a lot, but you do very little. And that was the case with me. I was unsaved, 
not in church. And uh, the people that were going to church, they uh, worked with them, coached with them, and I called them hypocrites. They act like they are Christians, but they don't walk the Christian walk out. They really don't. And I've, I've taught many, many people through the years, and if you ever drive down Redmond Avenue and you go towards Bedford Avenue, and, or you just go around Bedford and just keep on down Redmond, if you get over to Darrington, oh, not there, but if you get over in, the, in that area where uh, the church used to be, uh, Baptist Church, but now they, they changed the name of it. And um, there are people who sit on the walls over on the right. If I'm coming from uh, Re- Re- my, my way, Ruben Avenue down there, they sit on the walls. Well, I used to coach some of them and teach some of them. And they said, they said uh, when I became a pastor, uh, somebody used to come and, 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 and get food because we had a food pantry over in Bedford over on when we were on on um in, in in our other building on Park Avenue we had a pantry and they would come over and say hey hey coach because I used to coach also which all of you know except the ones who are new uh, and so they said coach look these people they go to they go to this church and it's a church on Calvary Street down there. The church, they said, they, they come out of church and they go in the store and see they sit across the street on the, on the walls and they're they looking directly at the store. And they sit there a lot. They, they just uh, sit there and they, they, you know, do what they do. And um, they said, Coach, they come out with these bags, you know, these little brown bags and they're all tied up. I know what they got. They got wine. And they think somebody don't, they think we're stupid. They think that, and they call us, you know, we, we, you know, the ghetto, you know, they call us all these names. They, we sit there and we, we look at them and we know they're hypocrites. They go down this store, they, 11 o'clock says they get out and go to the store, get wine, and then, then they call themselves a Christian. What do I want to go up in there for? That's what they say. They told me that now. I'm telling you the truth. See? He says that my people need to be doers of my word, and not hear his only. And the last thing that he said to tell, tell the people for 2022 um, is that I want them to know don't get discouraged with the process. Don't get discouraged with the process. Because there's a process. There's a, uh, matter of fact, if you would have gone to the candlelight service, you'd have heard another word for process is journey. No, there's there's a process of of when God starts us here and we get born again, uh, you know, we don't don't automatically, everything change. Uh, But some things do change right then. And... um, so it is a process of getting from there over here 
where we are, he wants us to be. There's a process. And see, people get discouraged with the process. And God doesn't want us to get discouraged with the process. And, and there, are, there are many Christians who backslide, who don't do what they're supposed to because they get discouraged with the process. Yeah. With the journey that maybe God has them on or that they are on or uh, they might have called some of the journeys, but it's still a journey. But I want you to know, and God wants you to know, that when this journey starts, if you truly, truly are born again now, if you're born again, you're going to get over here that you're going to be with him. You're going to be with him. So what he says you do, make sure that over here, you bring in the people who were like you so that they can get over here and be with me. Because there are people who were like me who thought just because I went up and they called for salvation, I went up, I said some words, and I got baptized in the uh, Tavrov, I think, in Rocky Mountain. No, kind of it's called Tavrov. And uh, when I got to got to church here, I thought I was saving. I was calling people hypocrites, and here I was, not even saved. Now I was calling Christians hypocrites. But he said, "I want you to make sure that people are truly." Saved. People have relatives. They have friends. They have loved ones who are not even saved. They say some words, but nothing changed. No spirit, new spirit. No, nothing changed. They're still the same. Still the same. And they believe that they're gonna be over here with me. Now, you say, well. All you have to do is say the words and believe in your heart. We don't know anything about no heart. So, uh, uh, and, and, and that's definitely not anything I'm concerned with is trying to decide who's saved and who's not saved. I, that's, not, that's out of my ballgame. That's, that's above my pay grade. So, um, I, all I need to do is let you know what's, what he requires for salvation, what it looks like. And let's, let's, let's do it together. Let's do it together. Because, because there is a way you can tell whether you're moving in this process that God has for us. There's a way you can tell that. And there's a way you can tell that, oh, you know, Willie Taylor, you know, <laughs> you know the coach, he, he, he's, he's, he's a good guy, but, but, but he's lost as a goose. See, because I was. And it's people who could tell that. Uh, my wife could. She could tell that. I was still the same, even though uh, she made me go to church. Well, she didn't make me go to church. She asked me to go to church because of my daughter, that, that um, Ivy, when I was born. And um, we had one child at first. Then uh, we have three now. But, but she said, well, you need to go to church. Will you go to church with me? 
That's how I want to go to church. Well, you need to go to church because Ivy, uh, she, she don't need to be seeing one parent going to church, one parent at home and stuff like that. She got to choose which one. You need to go to church. Okay, I'll go to church. I'll go to church. I'll go to church. And some of us came to church like that. Honest. A lot of men come to church because of a woman or a young girl. Because if I want to marry her, I better go to church. You know, you see. But see, God says, get them from where you were to over here. And, and while they're on that journey, we're going to talk about it. So, so those are things that he wants me to uh, tell you for where we're going in 2022, plus the other things that we didn't do in 2021 that I told you then that we're going to teach these 12 things or 13, those uh, 13 things, but it's going to be more. And it's going to be from now on. And these things that I just told you, there's seven of them, they are going to be going on from now on. From now on. I don't care what year it is. I don't care what date it is. Um, it, and you know it's to be true because it's the word of God. Uh, so we're going to be doing it for them. So this is what we're going to be doing. Virgil will teach next week. And then I'll come back to the first of the next month. And I'll start on kind of amplifying a few of these because he wants to amplify. And I have a surprise for you and a surprise for them, too. They're going to teach. They don't know they're going to teach. I'm not going to tell them, tell you now who it's going to be. But they're going to teach one of these topics. They're going to teach it. And you're going to be excited and you're going to be saying, I didn't know they could teach. Oh, they can teach. They just don't want to teach. Uh, so, but they're going to teach. Uh, stand to your feet. We're going to close out things. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.